Welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. Welcome back to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. I'm your host, Sam Gonzalez, and joining me today is President Ed Espinoza, Managing Director Brett Isaacs, and Content Production Specialist Chris Mosier. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. How's everybody doing today? It's been a long week. Lots of things happening. It's debate day as of this morning, and we'll see how that goes. And we'll have a podcast next week about the fallout or a response to the debate between Beto O'Rourke and Greg Abbott. Did, did his name? name? Yeah, his name <laughs> I, I did, you there for I, a second. I, I did That's for a okay. moment. I did for I a moment. I want to forget about him sometimes too. But um, okay, so since it is debate day, I would love to start us off with a very important debate that um, I just, I'm going to ask the question. So let's say it's a Saturday or Sunday morning. It's a weekend morning. You're at home. And let's say you have to mow the lawn or turn on your leaf blower or something like that. What time is an acceptable time to start doing that? <laughs> we know the legal is 10 a.m. Like most Saturdays. Oh, is it? 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. How interesting, Chris Mosier. How no, interesting. I, I don't know. I'd like to see where that is actually in any kind of legal statute or anything. I We talked about this earlier. I think it's 9 a.m. I think Incorrect. 9 a.m. Too early. Is, is you disrupt my late. sleep? I disrupt your life. Well, you know, if, if you're so hungover that you have to sleep past nine, then that's a self-inflicted wound. Hold on. Hangover has nothing to do with it. I will have you know. Okay. First of all. Second of all, 10 a.m. is a very respectable time to sleep into. 10 a.m. is lunchtime. Uh, Chris, Chris. I mean, not all of us are a million years old, Chris. Like, <laughs> some of us need to recharge. There's that. Look. There's that. Look, I need at least 12 hours of beauty sleep just to compensate for this, all right? So don't you judge me. <laughs> I think you need more hours of beauty sleep, Sam, if we're being Oh, my clearly, God. You clearly have not been getting it. Oh, no, not really. <laughs> all not that 10 a.m. That 10 a.m. lawn mowing is Friendly really fire. messing you, you know, up. No, all that 9 a.m. lawn mowing, God dang it. Gosh. <laughs> well, all right, so the, well, the noise ordinance here in Austin is uh, between 10.30 p.m. and 7 a.m. But is, is that all every day or just no. on weekdays? Well, I I don't know, but I also know that it has to do with heavy equipment like construction and things like that. I don't think it pertains to lawn equipment, but I will say the social contract between neighbors is that you should not start at seven a.m. I would say we should start at the time Terrible. work starts, which would be nine a.m. Which I think Wrong. That's, that's something incorrect. But mm-hmm. here, here's the caveat that I would add to all this. It gets so hot here. Like we, this has had to have been one of the hottest years on record here in, in Texas. It was. And if you have to get out, if you have to, uh, to deal with your lawn earlier in the day on a Saturday, I think there's a heat exception for that because you sometimes no, just can't get I out disagree. there. See, I, I disagree. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even That's think of that. That's a you problem, valid. but you can't make it an us problem. It's not my fault that you're going to get a little toasty while you're mowing your lawn. If that matters so much to you, like, Brett, I can't help Brett, you. climate change is everyone's problem. Don't start with me, <laughs> there you sir. Go. Hey. Don't you dare. And I think we can all agree. No, it's okay. It's okay, because I think we can all agree, also, that running from the law is illegal. Great segue, right? Hey, guys. <laughs> the reason why I forgot about Greg Abbott's name at the beginning of the podcast, though, with the debate, was because my brain has been on Ken Paxton this week. That's been the man of the hour, uh, and uh, for all the wrong reasons. 
because our illustrious Attorney General Ken Paxton was in the news again this week. And it was again because of his troubles with the law. Now, uh, we have a clip here we're going to run and it's going to explain everything that's been going on. The server approached Paxton to deliver the subpoena, but Paxton turned around and, quote, ran back inside his home. Uh, Angela was also seen leaving their home, on. but getting inside a truck. Moments later, Paxton left his home again and hurried into the same truck. The server says he called out to Paxton and stated he had legal documents for him, placing the subpoena on the ground, but Mr. and Mrs. Paxton were driven away. Now on Twitter, the state attorney general said he left because he feared for his and his family's safety. So essentially he's being sued over the state's abortion laws that he helped put into effect. And immediately afterwards, Rochelle Garza's Democratic opponent for attorney general tweeted out the following, end quote, Ken Paxton is running from the law. I'm running to replace him, which is really awesome and quick. And such a badass line just right off the bat. And we talked about Garza on this podcast before. We've had her on this podcast before. And she went on to add, he is running away from his felony indictments, his FBI investigations, and now nonprofits. And his wife is driving the getaway car. My name is Rochelle Garza, and I'm running to uphold the rule of law, not run away from it. So cool. <laughs> like, she, did, uh, she did pull a punch there because his wife is actually a state legislator. Right. Uh, Angela Paxton is also an elected official oh herself. God. Right. Yeah, she's terrible. And it was just so funny because I first thing I heard, because it happened like Monday night, I believe. And the first thing in my hand, the head that came up was that I flock a seagull song. <laughs> and I ran, I ran so far away. It just seems to be like a big string of follies for this guy. And, and it, what it comes out eventually is that he said he feared for his life. Can anyone believe that the attorney general has never seen a process server? No, of course <laughs> not. And that's like one of the things that's so uh, ridiculous about this, right? It's not just ridiculous that he is a probably the, the, the biggest breaker of laws, and yet he is also the state's top law enforcement official. And then he makes these crazy comments like, I feared for my life. You had a guy trying to serve you papers. You knew who he was. You sat in your house for an hour trying to avoid him. So here's the question is, is Ken Paxton that stupid or does he think that we're that stupid? I think both, honestly. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Like, he literally, you know, A, is that stupid and B, has no respect for the people that he's supposed to serve. So, yeah, I fully believe that he just intends to play the victim because that's what he always does. And it's one of these situations where it's like, you know, first of all, a process server is not even like a cop or someone who has a gun or a taser, any of these like instruments that could be used on someone. And if Ken Paxton wants to go, like he literally, like so many Republicans, is just saying, I want the law to apply to everyone else, but I get special exceptions. I wonder who that sounds like. I wonder who that sounds like. Hmm. Also, also he, he went in the news shortly after and was like, he's lucky it didn't get physical. Here in Texas, we defend ourselves. Like right. he tried to sound like a badass after making his wife drive the getaway car. He couldn't even drive the getaway car for himself. It took him about 24 hours to realize that he, you know, according to Republican doctrine and the way that social contract is written, that really the guy should have had some lead coming his way from Ken Paxson. If he really was threatened by a guy on his property, that's the way, you know, that he would be expected by the far fringe of his uh, support group to have reacted to that sort of a situation. It took him a while to realize, oh, wait a minute, I was supposed to open fire at that moment. Because right. he's not a giant foamy. Like, that's not actually 
how he acts in this situation. You know, these these conservatives, like this is always how it happens. They say the most heinous crap. And then when push comes to shove, A, they're the ones breaking the laws that most of the time, like they put in place. And B, they're not about follow through, which in this instance we should be grateful for because I don't really want to deal with Ken Paxton like acquitting himself of murder charges or <laughs> right. whatever, which is Jeez. absolutely what would happen. That's where it would go for sure. Um, let's I, let, let's just kind of pull back for a second and look at this situation. The attorney general of the state of Texas was being served for a lawsuit, something he does every day, and then he ran from it and then said he feared for his life. What kind of upside down are we living in in Texas where this this kind of stuff is even acceptable? Now, I'm glad that it got the kind of news that it gets because sometimes things in this state are so crazy that we can't even keep up with all of the crazy that it gets reported on. Fortunately, this one did. He got exposed. But I, I want to kind of bring this back to what I think the big issue is around Attorney General Ken Paxton is that he is extremely unpopular. He had three primary opponents when he ran for re-election this year. He got forced into a runoff. These are not good things for any kind of an incumbent office to be in. Um, this race is winnable. His Democratic opponent, Rochelle Garza, who Sam was talking about a minute ago, is consistently polling closer to him than any other candidate in the state. It's the most winnable race. Rochelle Garza is a very popular candidate. Uh I think that uh, this is this is the race to watch, and uh, we're going to talk more about Ken Paxton's infractions and all of his issues in the B block of this of this pod today. But I really want to talk about the matchup between what we've had with Ken Paxton for the past eight years and what we could have with Rochelle Garza as Attorney General for the next four to eight years. Right, because you had mentioned at the top of your comment right there that you said Ken Paxton has this done every day. And I didn't know you meant serving subpoenas or getting them because he is like, I was like, oh yeah, every day he's got them. He should be used to this. But it's because the alternative, Rochelle Garza, actually is a like a lawyer that fights for the justice and rights of people. She yeah. has a history of doing it right. Uh, in South Texas, the big one that she did that we talk about often is taking on Brett Kavanaugh. Say what you will, Craig Kavanaugh. He's a, he's a, I don't like him as a Supreme Court justice. He's a Supreme Court justice, and she mopped the floor with him. That is impressive. And a lot of people have heard it from us, but more people need to know that because not a lot of people like Brett Kavanaugh. He's very unpopular. So the fact that she just took him to task and was able to just beat him in the court of law and say, yep, I, I did that all me by myself with my team, that is impressive. And it's important. So let's just bottom line that. An attorney from South Texas took on a Supreme Court justice and won. And not only did she win, but the result of that case is named after her. It's called the Garza Notice. The Garza Notice is that if somebody who is an undocumented person seeks access to abortion, they cannot be denied that care. And that's what that case was about that they, they went to task over. Now, she's done other things as well. I'm actually reading some things from, uh, from her website here. Uh, legal experience in immigration, family, criminal, and constitutional law. Those all seem to be pretty important things when you're the Attorney General of Texas. Uh, she's the only candidate who has fought to defend a woman's right to make a choice about her reproductive freedom. Obviously, we know that Ken Paxton has never done such a thing. Uh, and she doesn't have all of these legal infractions hanging over her head the way that Ken Paxton does. Those of us who have talked to her, which I think is probably everybody on this podcast at this point, I think have come away being very impressed with her. 
Uh, she's one of the youngest members on the ticket. I think she's still in her 30s. Uh, obviously a woman of color from South Texas. She's a very dynamic speaker. Uh, she's very passionate about this. And honestly, I think she's the kind of elected official that Texans deserve. When you look at our statewide elected officials, it's a bunch of crusty old white men who have been there for a long time. And with the exception of George P. Bush, who is, is uh, Latino. We don't really have any representation that looks like the people of Texas. Rochelle Garza brings that to the table, plus a whole lot more. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, this race comes down to, you know, actually uh, swinging towards the more qualified candidate, the, the candidate that has put up the example that should be in place in the attorney general's office. I mean, let's remind ourselves what this job is supposed to be about. This is supposed to be the guy or the woman who defends the people of Texas. Ken Paxton at this point has really been the legal defense of the crusty old white man regime that we were just talking about. That's really who he has been fighting for, you know, in all the lawsuits against the federal level and, you know, dating back to, to Obama now up through uh, through Joe Biden. And meanwhile, you know, very much representing Donald Trump. It's going to be interesting to see if there is enough of his regular voting base and or enough of, you know, freshly mobilized Democratic voters to, to swing this over. I think the chance is there. But I wonder how many Republicans, in spite of the fact that the guy is completely uh, an outlaw in so many different ways, any different way that you could spend that uh, particular term, you know, will that be enough to persuade them to vote for a Democrat? We'll see. Well, I'll tell you why I think that it might be, because the difference between somebody like a governor or a president is that the attorney general does not appoint judges. And that's the one issue that tends to always bring Republicans back home, no matter how frustrated they get with their party. They go, oh, but the judges. So they go back. But when it comes to somebody like Ken Paxton, who is not very popular amongst middle of the road voters or those country club Republicans who are somewhat moderate, they, he has lost them a long time ago. He has been an embarrassment for them. He's the kind of person they can't stand up to. And then also suing the Supreme Court over the uh, 2020 election. He was the only attorney general that would come to Trump's aid. I think we'll talk more about that in the B block here, but also some of the issues that he stands up for, like he has been against expanding access to affordable health care. He has been against any kind of changing of marijuana laws in Texas. Well, those are things that even middle of the road Republicans care about, and he's doing nothing about it. Much like Greg Abbott at the border, Ken Paxton in the attorney general's office, basically everything he does is some sort of political stunt to get you to stop thinking about all of his other issues. And and I, honestly, I think people are sick of it. I love Rochelle Garza. I think that she's incredible, but I just wanna inject a little bit of um, reality here, which is that this race is winnable. And our, I think our listeners need to just have that reiterated because it's incredibly important to remember that this race is winnable, but it is not won, and it is gonna be an uphill battle. And I think somebody mentioned earlier something that I kind of disagree with about, you know, getting Republican voters to vote for a Democrat. That, if we're being completely honest, that's not what's gonna happen. The way that Rochelle wins this race is if Democrats turn out en masse and Republicans stay home. I, I and there's agree. no guarantee of the either of those. Yeah. Right. That's the thing is like, I think one of the problems that I can foresee is that the the race is not decided top down, far from it, but it does have an impact. If Republicans are feeling fired up, Republicans and independents are feeling fired up about Greg Abbott, which is 
not, I, I doubt that's gonna happen, or against Beto, which is much more realistic, they may turn out to vote and the, our best hope is that either you know they stay home in numbers greater than we anticipate or they skip the attorney general's race. That's not to say that the governor's race is not a close one or that there's no chance. I'm not trying to say that. It's more just that this race is incredibly winnable, but it's so important that we A, encourage turnout, B, boost Rochelle's, you know, boost her messaging, boost the story kind of like we're doing, and C, what we'll do later in the podcast is go through all the reasons why Ken Paxton not only sucks, but legitimately should be in prison. And hopefully, you know, people will hear that message. And I don't think that, you know, a lot of people are going to switch sides in this election. I'm just going to be completely frank about that. But I do think that this race is winnable because there's a very good chance either Republicans and independents skip this race or stay home. I don't think independents need to skip this race. Independents are absolutely swayable because they've been going over to Democrats in, a, in substantial numbers for the past few years. The only thing is there's just not that many independents these days. That's um, the key. Here's the thing. With, with Republicans who decide to skip the race, they either have to be okay enough with Garza in knowing that she's competent to do the job and not okay enough with Paxton and that they're fed up with him and they just can't stand to vote for him. So they hold their nose and skip the race. Or like we said before, they stay home. Uh, so yes, I agree with all those things. All of this kind of, a, you know, we should also be looking at this not only in terms of, you know, how great Rochelle is or how awful Paxton is, but how this reflects on the, the Republican electorate. I mean, we've seen, you know, examples all the way from Trump. I would say actually that Kim Paxton is a better example of a Trump proxy even than Ron DeSantis is in terms of just, you know, just completely outward uh, reprehensible personal behavior and things that he said and things that he has done that have been completely offensive, but people have continued to support him. I think it's because he he owns the libs. That's what he's all about is owning the libs. And so along with what Brett said there, I, I too have doubts that there will be a whole lot of Republican voters. If you're okay with, with voting for Greg Abbott, I don't know why you wouldn't be okay with voting for Ken Paxton. And so it, it totally becomes a matter of mobilizing our side to the maximum possibilities. And there's one point, Ed, I want to toss up to you because you brought it up once before and I actually really enjoyed this idea because we talk about the prospect of the future, right? And what an election that goes in Rochelle Garza's uh, direction looks like and the amount of house cleaning she'll be able to do once she's in that position. You, Ed, you were talking about of all the things that would start getting cobwebs dusted often and brought to the light. Uh, could you remind the people like some of those things? Because I remember you saying that and I was like, oh yeah, that would be huge. Well, we have, I mean, you have 30 years of Republican governance that hasn't really been vetted or investigated at the state level. So there are investigatory powers. But I, looking to the future, I think what a future with a Democratic attorney general looks like in Texas is you have somebody who is going to challenge the legislature on the legality of the things that they, that they decide to pass when it comes to not just abortion rights, but voting rights or any other kind of issue that ends in the word rights. And not only is this person going to be able to challenge the legislature, but this person is going to decide whether or not they're going to pursue it in court. Are they going to sue the legislature or are they going to defend the legislature? Right now, all, all Ken Paxton tends to do is defend the legislature. I think that we deserve checks and balances. And we haven't had effective checks and balances here for 30 years 
a Rochelle Garza presents the opportunity for us to have that in government. We haven't had checks and balances, and yet every time a tiny thing goes wrong in the state, the Republicans are like, oh, it's the Democrats' fault. It's like, how? Dude, how? Did we refuse to expand Medicaid? No. Did we, you know, force you to commit crimes while in office? No. Did we make the power grid fail? How on earth would that be true? Did we defund the schools? Forgive no. me, it's, you know, the Green New Deal and wind and solar somehow. Like, right. give me a break. <laughs> also, also, AOC did it for some reason. Yeah. She's yeah. not even in our states. Yeah. Or Soros. Or Soros. Right. Or whoever. Right? Any, oh, or, yeah. The internet. Oh, sorry. I won't go there. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> the, the outcome of this, I think, I, I think will shed some really serious light, I think, for the rest of the country and the rest of the world on, on you know, what. Texas Republicans in particular and Texas Texans in general are made of. If a guy like this with this sort of a track record ends up being reelected to this post, you know, what does that say about us? We can't let that happen. I, I just want to offer that, like, I do agree with you, Chris. I think it will say a lot about the state if Ken Paxton is reelected. But I don't want to press that point too far because, of course, you know, we have faith in Rochelle and we're all like in for this race 100 percent. But the thing that people on the outside, they always write off Texas. Like every year, Texas doesn't live up to the wild expectations that people set for it is another year that people are like, oh, well, Texas is a lost cause. It's just a bunch of conservatives. And that's not true. The infrastructure in the state, which has been the political infrastructure, which has been created and developed and oppressed by Republicans for the past 30 years, however many years, is really a huge hurdle that Democrats and progressives have to overcome. And it becomes more and more challenging. And this isn't to say it's impossible because Ed has pointed out that sometimes, you know, we need to remember that talking about these hurdles makes them more real. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to point out that like Texas is winnable and this race is one of our best shots because Rochelle is an amazing candidate and Paxton is a terrible candidate, but Texas is, you know, a battleground state. And I just want people to remember that this election is not going to define that entirely. Um, I have one thing to say before we get to the B block and that's, um, Another reason why we should be concerned about a Paxton re-election is that I have heard that if he wins re-election, maybe even if he doesn't, but definitely if he does, that should Senator John Cornyn retire in 2026... No. 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 Paxton would be eyeing that seat, and we would then have... Cruz and Paxton in the Senate. But it, and, yeah. it doesn't and even, yeah. that scenario doesn't even require uh, Cornyn to retire. I mean, Paxton could easily primary him. And, and you know, again, if the, if, if the outcome of this election ends up with Paxton remaining AG, again, what does that say about the, the temperature of the Republican side? What that says is that he could easily oust Cornyn for, for being not right enough. That's, you know, Chris, that's what I was trying to say just now is like, I think I think if Paxton were to be reelected, it says more about the Republican Party than it does about the state of Texas. Just going to outline that. So, listeners, if your skin is currently crawling, be sure to go to GoVoteTexas.org to see how you can register to vote by October 11th uh, to make sure that doesn't happen, please. Register before October 11th. That's Before. the deadline. Yes, do it yeah, now. Time. Do it now. Yes. For love of, go do for it right love now. All things good and great. Do it right now. Here at the halfway point, a quick note of thanks for listening to the Progress Texas Happy Hour podcast. We're proud to say 
that over our first year or so, you've helped us build our podcast into one of the top 10% of the most widely heard podcasts in the world. Kind of mind-blowing, but true. And one of the top progressive political podcasts here in Texas. We quite literally could not have done all of this without you. So thank you. And if you're so inclined, there is a quick and easy way to help even more. Find the rating and review section on the podcast platform you use to listen and give us some solid marks. A high rating and a short review of what you get out of the Progress Texas Happy Hour helps us immensely in spreading the word about our podcast organization and mission. So after we wrap today, if you have a couple of minutes, we'd appreciate the help. Thanks again for listening and for all you do to help press progress forward here in the great state of Texas. And now we're getting to the B block after that cliffhanger of an A block of the worst possible scenario. Because right now we actually are living in a fairly, fairly close to worst case scenario. I hope it never gets worse. But as it is right now with uh, a, a gentleman currently running from the law, Ken Paxton. The top law enforcement officer the, running from the top. law. Let's the just top, repeat that. The indicted top law enforcement person in the state of Texas um, has had a history of this. Now, Ed, you've been so kind to create a list of the many things that Ken Paxton is either under investigation for, has been confirmed to, have been charged with, amongst other just like misdeeds and like villain mustache twirling activities. So, I mean, I didn't go through the Mario. list because it was so long. Yeah, he's <laughs> like like tying people to train tracks levels of whimsy <laughs> evil. It's and, and some even crueler than that, of course, uh, to be absolutely serious. But you created this list. If I can go right off the top, uh, there's at least 12 of these items here. And so you had asked us to pick our either most egregious, maybe funniest, maybe favorite. I don't know how you rank these because they're all really bad. So this isn't for Ken Paxson's first brush with the law. He has two felony indictments. His office is under investigation by the FBI. And as it turns out, there's a whole lot more. So two felony indictments, FBI investigation, an affair. Took part in January 6th insurrection. He spoke at, um, at the Capitol that day. Uh, filed a lawsuit to overturn the election. Uh, as I said off the air earlier with you guys, if elections are job interviews, nobody would hire this guy. Oh, no. But he's on the ballot, and people are going to have to make a decision. So I guess the question after I put this list together, which, by the way, was a list that was, I think, built by WFAA up in Dallas. Asking you all to take a look at this thing, what is the thing that stands out to you all that is, like, most egregious, most hilarious, most embarrassing. I think we all have one. Mine comes, it's it's actually just a line uh, after one of the big ones. So one of the big ones is June 2021. Texas Bar Associated begins investigating whether Paxson's failed efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election based on bogus claims of fraud amounts to professional misconduct. Okay, so that's bad, but that's not the one I like. The one I like is the one after that. Paxton's office clears him of any wrongdoing <laughs> in firing employees who turned him into the feds. Oh, yeah. So, he, works, he works both sides of it, that's for sure. His office said he's fine. I'm fine? <laughs> Great. Because the guys who would say that, or the people who would say that, are fired now. That is insanity. Yeah. What are you talking about? That uh, favorite? I guess that's not the right word, but, but like, th that's crazy to me. That is, ins like, that's it not is. how things work. 
That is one of the best ones on this long list. Yes. The word for that, the word for that, that I don't think this word has come up yet. The word for that is corruption. That, sure. is, that is straight up corrupt. I mean, and, and if, you know, the, that that's a word that no, regardless of your position on the political spectrum, corruption should not be something that you're willing to vote for. Ugh. Well, I think that, you know, that one, just a little bit of context for our listeners who may not know, like what Sam is referring to when he, when Paxson's office that he runs cleared him of wrongdoing, just to reiterate, it was because some of his own employees reported him to the federal um, federal agents for violating the law. So this is like not even, you know, outside whistleblowers who are like, hey, maybe that is illegal. It's his employees who are like, oh my God, the things that you were making us do are illegal. Um, I That was going to be mine, but then honestly, I was reminded by this handy list of my actual favorite, which is my favorite because it is just so messed up and embarrassing for him like it's embarrassing for him are you not embarrassed um is <laughs> from may 2022 this year uh when paxton announced that the state bar was suing him for professional misconduct related to his attempts to overturn the 2020 election let me just reiterate here the attorney general whose entire job is to be an attorney was sued by the state bar association that licenses attorneys for professional misconduct what let's say paxton were to be disbarred over that while he was still in office would that cost him his job i don't think it would i think it's an elected position you know anybody can run for ag regardless of their of their standing with the bar if he were to be disbarred he'd be he'd be still sitting there a non-lawyer you know a, a banned lawyer in the ag's job uh, I think my favorite goes back to the beginning, y'all, which is the, the from the very, very top of this really long list of egregious stuff back to July of 2015, over seven years ago, uh, when the Texas Rangers issued a felony indictment against Ken Paxton for securities fraud, uh, which is basically, you know, your insider trading white collar sort of crime that Republicans seem to be okay with. You know, if you shoplift or if you're a drug dealer, you know, lock them up and throw away the key. But if you're just dealing in millions of dollars, millions of dollars of other people's money in illegal ways, eh, no big deal. <laughs> it goes back to what I talk about, like, your history, like when people go back in the history of what their people's politics are. Michelle Garza, fighting for immigrants' rights. Ken Paxton, ripping people off immediately <laughs> for well, and, the last and, seven years. And fighting for the right of other people like him to get away with doing the same stuff. All of this provides an example, you know, across what, you know, what can be gotten away with by who Ken Paxton provides a perfect example of how the elites can get away with screwing people over. Like I said, on the podcast with, um, Anna from, um, PPTV, you know, Ken Paxton's technical job is to protect the people and prosecute the criminals. And instead he protects the criminals and prosecutes the people. Can I ask a question? I am not a hundred percent clear on how he has avoided answering to this uh, this indictment dating all the way back to the summer of 2015, the pre-Trump era. It's really outrageous. Um, basically, they've used lots of creative legal maneuvers. And, and without getting into the whole story, I'll just give you a quick synopsis. Um, they basically challenged the jurisdiction of the original court. It got moved out of Austin up into Collin County, where where Ken Paxton li uh, supposedly lives. I think he also lives here. I think he might have to live here to be a statewide elected official. Um, and then the judge there had to step down because they said there was a conflict of interest. Then it got moved to Houston. Then it got moved back to Collin County. Then his defense attorneys challenged whether or not the prosecutors 
could be paid to prosecute this and that there had to be a cap on how much they could be paid. So it was lots of legal maneuvering that went back and forth. And that's why this 2000, this 2015 indictment, seven years later, is still going. And it wouldn't happen if it were anybody else. But because the attorney general can game the system, that's what's happening. Should Rochelle win this race, could she immediately put an end to all this stalling and uh, see him actually answer for what he did way back in 2015? Uh, well, probably not because she's a prosecutor. She's not the actual courts. But maybe she could stop the obstruction of the courts. Yep. Yep. You know what the worst thing would be is that if she is elected, let's say when, let's manifest, um, and she actually goes after Ken Paxton a known criminal, the Republicans are going to be like, this is politically motivated. Of course. What? <laughs> of right. Course. You know, He's a criminal. You know, it's a witch hunt. Don't even get me started. Oh, I, my God. Yeah, I hate that phrase. Ed, Ed, you helped make the list. When Other than the ones we chose, what one stuck out to you? So my favorite one is actually was after the 2020 election when he was the only state attorney general to come to the defense of Donald Trump. And he wanted to sue the other states. He wanted to sue the states of Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin to overturn the elections in those states, saying that there was he didn't like the outcome. Therefore, he should have standing on behalf of the state of Texas, which, by the way, includes the four of us in this conversation and anyone listening, uh, on behalf of the state of Texas to overturn the election. The Supreme Court, which has three Donald Trump appointees on it, basically came back and said, shut up and sit down. Who do you think you are? What, and, and the exact quote was, Texas has not demonstrated a judicially cognizable interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections, which is legal speak for, are you kidding me? Right, right. <laughs> right. He never had any any hope of that happening. All of this is theater. You know, again, back to, you know, he's been sucking up to Donald Trump for years. You know, I think it's I think all of this is very much or a lot of what Ken Paxton does is demonstrative and and also is like we were talking about before is doing his best to cast himself as the the the, the darling of the hard, you know, fringe right eventually yeah. to take on John, uh, John Cornyn for the Senate. No, yeah. seriously, like not to be vulgar, but what he's doing is giving Trump's tacky shoes a tongue bath so that when he <laughs> runs for Senate, he can like Trump can come and stump for him. And it's disgusting. I mean, literally, what business is it of his? If, if voting is such a state's right issue, why is he trying to overturn the election in other states? Right. <laughs> It's it's not only disgusting; it's dangerous. I mean, this is a guy who really? has who has uh, has he has wielded his um, he's wielded what power he has against democracy in particular. And so, this is a guy that clearly has no limits on what he is willing to attempt to do. Yeah. And and Brett is a brilliant point. But on behalf of uh, all people listening right now, please never use the phrase "tongue bath" ever again. Please. <laughs> Did you hear that, Sam? Send. I had a brilliant point. I want that recorded forever. Yeah, let's record it forever. I'll give you that anytime. For the love of God, for the love of God, please do not use tongue right. bath, dirty shoes ever again. I, I, tongue bath. This last one, though, this last one has to be, I mean, it's the most sensational, of course, r literally running from a guy who's trying to yeah. serve papers. That is yeah. the most, uh, you know, but that is also the most egregious. When we talk about these with a sense of levity uh, that 
these are it's so funny but at the end of the day it's so funny because it, it, you laugh to keep yourself from crying well yeah i mean it's it's horrible we're we're laughing because like that's one of the best ways to convey this information to our listeners and our audience but i do yeah. just want to loop back to what you know chris and i were kind of talking about earlier like this is a man who not only has no respect for democracy but genuinely no respect for the rule of law and i just first of all want to say like what a contradiction that is for republicans who run on sort of law and order platforms is that right. they really have no respect they think that they are above the law that is what they care about and um, I just want to say again, like if this man wins re-election, it will say everything about the Republican Party, not only in Texas, but also nationally and where not only they are headed, which is further down the steep cliff into fascism, but what they want from this country, which is excuses for the elites, oppression of the people and letting themselves off when they, you know, commit crimes. And while Ken Paxton is running from the law, you can run to polling places and vote against him and vote in Rochelle Garza. Your last day to register is October 11th. Election day, early vote starts October 24th. Election day is November 8th. I know that if you're listening to this, you know all that information. Just make sure that your friends do too, because we need them now more than ever right now. Right. There are many opportunities to, you know, talk to anybody who will listen. You know, it's, it's absolutely the moment to have conversations with anyone you think you might be able to persuade to uh, not allow this guy to continue doing what he's been doing for so long. I was talking to someone um, the other day who got his girlfriend to register to vote for the first time. So, Austin, if you're listening, shout out to you. Be like Austin. Get your friends and family to register to vote. Go to GoVoteTexas.org so you know all the information and make sure that everyone is going to the polls and voting for people who are actually going to make good laws, uphold those laws, and respect them. And, and just as a, as a fun side piece, uh, October 24th is my birthday, so do be the birthday present of going to the polls and voting. That would be the greatest Scorpio? gift. Uh, yeah, uh, like barely on the cusp, but yeah, Scorpio's yeah, 23rd. Yeah, it, apparently I'm evil. Uh, it's a conversation we've had. Anyway, and send this podcast to everybody using your favorite platform. So once again, everybody here, though, thank you for lending your insights. Brett, Chris, Ed, I've been Sam Gonzalez. Everyone listening, once again, send this everywhere. Thanks for joining us. Head over to ProgressTexas.org to follow us on social and subscribe to our email list. And if you're listening right now on your favorite app... Subscribe on that favorite app. Give us five stars. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a comment. Do all the things you can do on that. It helps the podcast grow. Leave us a review. Do all that. And until next time, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Long outro. (laughs) Hey, that's what the script says. Also, people like the razzle dazzle. The Progress Texas Happy Hour is a production of Progress Texas, a rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. Find us online at progresstexas.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The podcast is produced by me, Chris Mosier, and our featured music is by Walker Lukens. Please be sure and subscribe to the Progress Texas Happy Hour on the podcast platform of your choice. Take a moment to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show, and be sure and tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening and for all you do to press progress forward here in the Lone Star State. We'll see you again next week.